Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Opinion or Opportunity. I am your host, Don Gringo. So today we did something totally different. We had an interview talking coronavirus and how it disrupts, breaks up families and how it's really tearing the American fabric apart. So today I was fortunate enough to speak with Tanya. Um, She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a daughter. She's a teacher. She works. She pretty much does everything. And unfortunately, there's a lot of women going through that today. I want you to watch her, see her frustration. And I think it's a frustration shared by many women, by many parents. Um, and I think it needs to have start having a conversation about it openly. So with that being said, let's get into it. Hi, my name is Tanya. I live in Massachusetts, Eastern Massachusetts. Lived here in the house um, that I bought with my husband about 13 years ago. And we are a full household as we have um, twins who will be 11 next month. And my in-laws also live with us and um, they're seniors and they have some lung issues. So uh, during this time, they're pretty compromised. And um, as I said, my husband and I have been married for 13 years. I'm also a working mom. Uh, I work for a major manufacturing company, global company. And uh, so times during COVID are are quite interesting and uh, very multitasking for me as a mom and uh, worker as well. So, So, yeah, but you also have a new role, too. You have you're a teacher now. Yep. Teacher. We are. Here in the town I live in, in Eastern Massachusetts, we are on a hybrid model um, currently, could change at any time. But our hybrid model is um, for the elementary students, it's different for our high school students, but for our elementary kids, which my kids are, they go to school five days a week. Um, they're there for three hours a day. So they're dismissed by noontime. They have an hour and a half for like a lunch break where they can get home, have lunch, And then they have an afternoon piece online, which I have to oversee. Um, And so, yeah, I'm in the afternoons. I'm trying to juggle both jobs, mom, school, teacher and employee. Yeah, you got a lot on your plate. So with that being said, though, I mean, what's the situation situation like we were just previously discussing this that you said as of recently as in the past couple of days, you guys went from, I guess, a yellow Yellow status to a red now tell people what the colors mean for you because again you know the situation countrywide is different uh state-wise regional local so what is the structure in massachusetts because you guys are actually one of the first states that were hit hard hard yeah so so explain how they work it with the color situation well, I mean, my understanding is is that, you know, white, obviously, you're fine. And then yellow, you're kind of in that mm, you get into be dangerous phase, which we were there last week. Um, and then all of a sudden now we're, we're red. Um, you know, I live in eastern Massachusetts. So where we are, there are more yellow and red um, counties. If you go out towards Western Mass, like real Western Mass, then I think they're more white, actually, even. So um, for us, we're in the danger zone again. And um, rumors have it that our kids will be fully remote at some point soon. Um, We have had cases of COVID in our schools. We have um, four elementary schools and then a middle school and a high school. Um, and we've basically had cases in every school, but one of our elementaries. So the rumor is, is we're, you know, one kid away from being shut down and, or they have a date in mind. Um, basically I think we're looking at a shutdown for the winter. Um, but, but you use guys use guys were always re- like one kid away from a shutdown right i mean it wasn't like yeah. this is something this is something new for these guys no yeah we've always because you know the numbers fluctuate because obviously one kid gets better they're back in school but then one kid gets sick so um i think we're we are hovering that line and have been basically since the start of school 
Um, some people are in town. If you talk to like my fellow moms, um, some people are of the view of we're lucky we've made it this far. Um, and I think now we're all just kind of waiting for the announcement of when we go fully remote. So, so Massachusetts, and obviously is- that'll change things again greatly because I'll be juggling all day school and, you know, employee responsibilities as well. So, right. But I mean, Massachusetts is one of those states that was hit hotter initially, but I think these guys were on an extended lockdown compared to other states. I mean, I'm not saying you guys ha- had evened off for a while, but you definitely don't have the numbers that you used to have. But no, but no, with that, we've with that, done. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, with that being said, though, um, you know, in the beginning, it was always the understanding um, that come come winter time, come flu season, actually, was the thing yeah. that the numbers were going to spike. So, I mean, is this something that is still shocking? Like, we, like we, no. we I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. No, it's not shocking. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is for me personally, if we have an eminent shutdown date, I'd like to know that date. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of families would like to know that date, regardless of what's going on with COVID or it's just a safety feature that the school district has built in. If, if they know that, you know, as of Thanksgiving break, we're not going back until February or after February break, I'd like to know that. Um, I think a lot of people would like to know that so they can plan accordingly. People are trying to juggle a lot, um, you know, work and school and, and dual roles like myself working from home, but also being available for my kids to help them. I also have a child who is on um, IEP services. So, you know, she Now, what is that little- for people? Because again, again, we're talking something that's either state, statewide, local, or your district. So not every, so not every acronym I, goes national. I have national. twins. Yeah, I have twins. Um, they're, they'll be 11 um, next month. And I one of my twins is, um, she's recently been diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. So she has special accommodations and services through school to try to help be able to access the same curriculum that um, a child without these diagnoses has. Well, that's so, going to lead, that's uh, gonna lead me to the question I, I was I wanted to ask a little earlier because you were giving out some great numbers. But, you know, and I'm not bringing it to political, but I, I want to bring it into a situation where it's a, it's a little different. So you, you brought up the thing of, I wish I knew, I wish I knew if they know. So the question that I always had underlining on this was, is, because right now it's being politicized way too much. Is the federal government responsible for a national mandate on education versus your state, your topography, your demographics, knowing best what's for you? Or is the federal government responsible for that? And the reason why I say that is, We've talked before, the numbers where I live in central Texas is dramatically lower compared to mm-hmm. where you live. Sure. Right? So I've I've struggled with this, and I'm not saying there maybe shouldn't be some federal guideline, I guess, but I've always been one where why is the federal government going to dictate what you do versus what I do when we're in two different situations? So... But I want your feelings on that because it's it's being pushed way too hard. So as a mom who's in this situation, is it? It's because, hard. Is it's it is hard? It, who who should be who should have control of that? I don't I don't know. It's I don't know any if any of us really know. It's a good question. Um, I think everybody has to be involved on some level. Um, because we need to have good examples. Um, You know, you can't just blurt out what should be done, but then not follow those rules, be, you know, exempt to those rules. Um, I do think I would like to see a little bit more by the federal government. Um, Now, when you say more, when you say more, Let's let's not be 100% specific again because it's kind of hard. We're, we don't have all right. the information they have, but what is considered more? 
Because again, that's a in, good question. Because 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 again, when we were talking numbers earlier, and so I'll 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 say where I live. I, I don't care. I'm in Texas. You can tell by the flags behind me. I'm in Texas, <laughs> right? I mean, but I grew up in in Massachusetts on the Rhode Island right. line. When my parents divorced, I had one in one state, one in the other. So, yeah, no, I I know the area very very well, but. The numbers here in Texas are are staggering in one aspect. So the total cases in Texas today is 853,000, mm-hmm. right? But the total number in Massachusetts is 142,000, right? right? So it's a, a lot it, of people are blaming those numbers on um, the fact that, you know, we really started to see our spike again when all the college kids came back Um you know, if you look at the Boston area, um, the towns, you know, the city towns um, do seem to be the ones that spiked the quickest, the fastest, the earliest again. Um, I mean, there are some towns outside of the city that spiked, have spiked again and, and quickly. Um, but a lot of people are saying it's just because we've, you know, brought all these young people back in again and, they're partying and they're socializing and, you know, um, a lot no, of- I, I, I agree that there's a generational um, situation going on here that, you know, people today, for some reason, the, the younger the younger generation, I'm going to say millennials and, and down that for whatever reason, it's unless the Internet says it, it's just not real. If they can't touch yeah. it, smell it, taste it, it's not real. Right. If you don't have it, it's not real. Yeah. Right. But my concern is this. I think I'm, and that's the reason why I asked the question how, how much of it is a state problem or a local problem? Because the death rate today in, in Texas combined is 17,350. But with Massachusetts, you guys are hovering right now just under 10,000 at 9,600. And it's, I want to say what, not even a quarter of the caseload. Yeah, but I I think it's a it's a, it's kind of a twofold answer because yes, I do think immediately it's a state problem. Mm-hmm. But that state problem becomes a country problem because we're a very um mobile country and and people move around. I mean, we have people who live in New Hampshire, but they come to work every day to Massachusetts. Um, so, you know, it's not as easy as saying it's one state's problem. We no, are I'm not, a- I'm not, I'm not saying it's a state, I'm not saying that, but I mean, at some point, at some point we've got to, we've got to admit that, and I'm not going to put it on per se politics on say party lines, but I'm going to sit there and say population density in Massachusetts compared to population density in Texas is much, much different, Right. And for instance, Boston, like you pointed out, I mean, you're pulling people from the New Hampshire line that travel into Boston to work because cheaper to live in New Hampshire than it is to live in Boston or even where you live. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying it from that point of view. I'm just saying that population densities, topography, demographics, whether you want to bring it from whatever is much, much different um, regionally. So... I just don't know if there's a special thing the federal government can really do because you would have to look at it regionally and not nationally. Are you there? What happened? I have no clue. I thought you were frozen. Oh, where'd my video go? I Uh, thought you were frozen. I I kept talking because I was like, Maybe he'll come back. <laughs> I did <laughs> too. I, talking, I did. But I was like, I'm That's okay. Sure That's okay. I can edit that. That's not a big deal. But let's go back to the question. I mean, I can even make it look funny. Like, because oh, I said, oh, I guess we lost her. Let's get her back. And I can edit it right from there and, and go back <laughs> into it. So I was saying at the time, no, I agree that um, there is a, a issue, like you pointed out, with state lines. and, and But I think that's a, a demographic issue situation with population density and let's face it new england has that right yeah you have providence you have boston these are two main hubs then you have hartford connecticut you know what i mean i mean worst case you best case you have is 
what Worcester in the central and like you pointed out east western mass is really good yeah right i mean so i think it comes down to population density because when you point out like say jersey jersey got hit by people who live in work in philadelphia but live in northern jersey uh, new york city and plus plus jersey again you're looking at population density and demographics so yeah but i but i think too that could apply i mean then you look at like florida they they're they got hit a little bit later too and you think about all the spring breakers that go there so that's what i mean like but, I, but I you're also but you're also talking the the number the number problem. one yeah but you're also talking the number one retirement state in the whole country right. i mean the average right. age is higher than us right but that's why i'm saying you can't say it's a state problem though because then you've got like I have family members who are headed to Florida now because that's where they go and they do their, you know, their winter. Um, <laughs> Snowbirds, you know, yeah. So, so, you know, again, it's like it, you can't just say it's a state problem because then you've got people who go to Florida and then they come back. And if we weren't such a mobile country, um, then <clears throat> I see you saying it was a state problem. But we, you know... I mean, travel has has definitely dropped considerably, but um, there's still people who are are moving about. And anytime you have people moving about, then I think it becomes more than just a state problem. I I'm not disagreeing that it's it's not a density issue. Um, of course, if you have more people. I mean, you know, that's why they tell you not to have gatherings larger than whatever the current number is. I can't even. Oh, no, I can tell you right now. I live out outside of Fort Hood, which is the number one army installation in the country. And my total cases is 5,959 and we only have 94 deaths. Wow. So so that's out of like 350,000 people. Yeah. So so the like if a lock national lockdown was imposed, how is that? fair to say the people who live in central texas who have, well none of this is fair oh i'm not saying it's fair but i'm just saying <laughs> though when you look at it right so if there's only been 94 out of 350,000 people this whole time yeah and and let's face it some of these numbers are skewered right florida yeah. got caught putting a motorcycle accident as a covid case yeah so some of these numbers are just absolutely skewed i'm not saying that all of them are i'm just saying that some of them are inflated and the reason why i think it's an economic issue they're trying to get more federal money yeah they could be i mean right? let's face it if, if somebody can get more money out of it they're going to try to of course and i'm, is I'm that not right? saying that no it's human not nature. But it's human nature right. but again this is why i say where it's different region now i only have 94 but i'm sure i can find a state in a county that has less sure so that's why I say I think it's more of a density problem. I'm not saying it's. It could be. Yeah. Not, I, mean, I mean, there again, you look at the city around here and, and like places like Hyde Park, they're worried about Hyde Park because it's next door to Boston and it's spiking. And again, it's a more densely populated area. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you there. Um, now, you work for a Fortune 50. Let me ask you something, because not many people actually live in Boston proper. Right. Right. So is is the well, you mean people who I mean, there's obviously people live in Boston. I mean, I'm talking Boston me? proper. I'm not talking Dorchester or the surrounding suburbs that are. I mean, most people don't realize that Boston is actually like New York City. New York City has its proper and then it's the sure. boroughs. Yeah. And Boston Cambridge. is the same yeah. way. So, yeah. My, my question is, is maybe, you know, is when you're locking down and you have the major player in bringing people together is Boston proper itself because right. everyone goes to Well, work. I wouldn't be surprised that's the way it works this year. I think I think obviously in the spring we were all in a panic and you know people were reacting versus now we've kind of like okay. So I do think maybe this year there'll be more localized shutdowns rather than just a whole state. Um I think that's kind of what we're looking towards now. Um, I mean, Boston has definitely backed off on their reopening plans. Um, they haven't necessarily shut things down yet, but 
we're not moving forward with opening plans. And some restaurants actually here in Boston have said that they're now shutting down for the winter because um, they were doing outdoor dining and that helped them tremendously since they couldn't have the occupancy inside the buildings. So So you guys still can't go to a restaurant and sit down? No, we can now, but it's limited occupancy. Um, They're only allowed so many patrons in a restaurant at a time. Um, And a lot of restaurants, that doesn't work. Um, I think the bars are really affected because they still can't have the same number. And, you know, the bars where they make their money. Um, So a lot of restaurants have closed permanently. We've seen several. um, Cheers in Faneuil Hall. Really? They've closed. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Some pretty major bars in Boston have closed and don't plan to reopen. The Dropkick, uh, the Dropkick Murphys, they owned a um, restaurant in Boston. They've closed, not reopening. Um, and a lot of restaurants, as I started to say, are are planning to basically shut down for the winter because they don't have the option. I mean, we live in New England. Right, you're going to have snow here soon. in the winter. (laughs) Right, you're going to have snow here soon. I lived it, all the nor'easters and stuff. I'm a product of the the winter of 78, so... um, Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my parents, yeah. Yeah, so you're not going to do outside dining in in New England in the winter. So it's, you know, it is killing the rest, especially the restaurant business in Boston because obviously there's a lot of it. So let's. Um, so you segued into something I wanted to talk about too, which is you know you're talking about businesses. Now you work for a business, a major manufacturer, and a major player in many different industries, actually, from consumer electronics to medical to you name it. I mean, yeah. let's face it. I know the company you work for very well, um, but even you guys got hit pretty hard, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, I mean, we all have been told not to go to the office until at least January, and that's been since March. Um, some are allowed to go in as needed, or they have uh, lab equipment that they don't have at home, so they have to go into the office. But um, And then, <laughs> I mean, my group travels a lot. Um, there hasn't been any traveling going on. Um, so, oh, of course, business is definitely If I remember correctly, us. though, if I remember correctly, though, because of the COVID hit so bad, but didn't Pretty much everyone had to take a pay cut. Yeah. It was right. Just yeah. take a pay cut. I mean, you're not working as many hours as you used to either. No. So- no, but you know, I for me, I know some people wouldn't say this, but for me, because I'm the mom and the teacher now, it's um, sort of been a blessing in disguise because I have to juggle working and I'm juggling helping my kids and there again with the one who struggles with school she needs a little extra help so um you know in there are some silver linings in in all of this for me because I am at home and I can help my kids who clearly need it as well so um you know well, it's, my, it's my, tough question, because, my, yeah. question, my question is, I understand the silver line because you have so much on your plate that it takes something off of your plate time-wise. Sure. My, yep. my question, though, is obviously financially because your, your husband's in a union and there's not a lot going on with any buildings or whatnot have you. This has obviously got to hurt. So We went through a period where it really hurt. He, um, he got shut down for about eight weeks because he was working in Boston and this was in the spring when they shut Boston down. Um, So there was a period in the spring where it got scary. Um, He's been working since, so that's been good. Um, There is another uncertainty facing us this winter because construction sort of slows down in the winter anyways. Right. Um, and then, you know, like we were just sort of stating a little while back here, who knows, Boston could shut down again because their numbers are spiking too much. And if it does, he could be laid off again if he's working in Boston. If he's working out in Worcester, then we might be okay. Um, so there's a lot of unknowns um, for everybody, not not just us. I mean, we're No, we're no, talking, the, reason, so the reason why I bring it is... The reason why I say it is because obviously I talk a lot about politics right now because of the fact politics for the next three weeks is and, and probably four, maybe five because of the election and how everything's playing out is probably going to be the number one issue 
outside of the Supreme Court. Now, I've not really talked about the Supreme Court, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm sure as a woman, and it's fine, and I, I think it should be like this. There should be another woman on the court, right? I'm not going to talk about that. But we already know she's going to get confirmed. There's, there's no, sure. It's going to be a surprise if she doesn't. So I really haven't right. talked about it. But when we talk about the coronavirus, the one thing that I've always thought was a big issue was these relief stimulus packages, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I want to talk about that, not so much on the party situation, because I always say I'm an independent, I'm a moderate, I'm a middle guy, because I'm flexible. And I've always said it, I'm pretty flexible. If someone wants to smoke marijuana, do, do what you want to do. A woman wants to be a prostitute, do what you want to do. As long as it's not affecting me, do what you want to do. Just mm -hmm. don't step on our Bill of Rights type of situation, freedom of speech. You want to talk about what you want to talk about? Do it. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm kind of that middle middle ground. So I rag on everybody, which <laughs> which I can do. You know, I'm like some people we know who are pretty liberal and they don't care. But my right. question my question comes to this. No, these the stimulus packages have always been contention all year long, mm -hmm. right? But shouldn't they? And I'm talking both sides. Shouldn't they just come together and just say, okay, we can agree on X. We've got to give at least the people. If we can't agree on companies, but we can agree on the people deserve money. Well, I think that's the problem with our administration right now. They can't agree on anything. Anything. Well, let's not. Let's you not. Know, I mean, well, there's not, a lot of separation in our our government right now, and yeah, but there's a, creates a lot of problems. They're not getting things done that they should be getting done because. Oh, I'm not saying that the administration is perfect. I'm not going to even go there. Uh, I'm not a, a Trump trained <laughs> guy. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like some of the things he does. But I do have to say that you no, know, Pelosi tends to pack the package a lot. Yeah. with a lot of fluff. No, back in the day, we would consider that pork in any bill right. they passed. I mean, there's a there's a lot of, of pork in there. And, right. I mean, if and it's mostly for state bailout. But you know what? I think right. the number one thing I'm trying to get to is shouldn't they at least agree that people need money? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, with, you, I mean, with your situation like coming up, wouldn't it help to get people get money? Sure. And it's just like the um, today, the um, eviction. Um, what do they call it? The eviction. I forget the name that they're called. Oh, moratorium. Yeah, the eviction yeah. moratorium. It ends today yeah. in Boston. Yeah. So um, and, you know, now they're trying to fight to at least give people money, um, but they haven't come to terms on that. So. Yeah, and I think I that's. Mean, the, I, think I that's have always said, I have always said that, um, you know, when this first started in the spring, and you know, it's been tough. Don't get me wrong; it's been tough for a lot of people. But I think now is when it's going to get real tough. Oh no! Listen, it? I I agree. Listen, I agree. My my whole thing with this whole stimulus thing between both, and, and here's the funny thing. I don't think it's a Trump issue as much of it's a Republican issue when it comes to agreeing on a stimulus package, right? I mean, because Trump will sign anything that's put in front of him. He's already proven that. You come together with anything that people agree on, he's going to sign it. Whether it increases the, the, the national debt or not, he's just going to, yeah, man, I want to look good. Here you go, right? I signed, yeah, at the end of his term, he wants to have a number of I've signed Right. Regardless of good or bad, yeah. Correct. That, and he, that's what it is. It's a show for him, you know. Yeah. But and that's why I think he does good when he does good, and then you know when he's being a stickler. I'm just not sure if it's him. But the other mm -hmm. the other thing too, though, is me and you aren't particularly old, but we're not in our twenties no more either. Sure. Right? Sure. So all this debt that's being incurred, and that's the only thing I I say I, I think we should agree on is people deserve money. Mm -hmm. Right is yeah. we're going to be paying for this for a long time because if people get the money, the co the companies are going to benefit because the people will spend the money. I agree with you. That's basic economics one hundred and one. So that's why yeah. I always said it's not a it's not a political thing. It's just I think this is an American issue that people deserve to to get money. Yeah, but, but I want to. But you know, as a as a um, to kind of change the subject a little bit though, sure. same subject coronavirus. My biggest concern as a mother is the future generation. I mean, you look at all these kids 
who uh, their education is just kind of becoming, I, I don't even know what you call it, but I mean, my kids are in school for three hours a day, you know, and then they get an hour at home. So a regular school day was six. So now we've narrowed it down to four hours. So either one, you're telling me that there was a lot of fluff in a six hour school day that really, you know, they filled the day with a lot of fluff and that's BS if you ask me. Um, And, or two, we're just saying, okay, four hours is enough. Like, well, you know, you think about all these kids, like maybe not so much like the juniors and seniors, um, especially of the seniors of this year, let's face it, senior year. I remember senior year, basically you come back from spring break and it's like you ride through to graduation. So I really don't think it affected the seniors of, of last year, this year, the seniors, I mean, yes, it affected them. Don't get me wrong. It affected them because they missed out on all the rites of passage of being a senior. Big deal. I get it. Um, But as far as their education, I don't think it affected them so much as like my kids, fifth graders or middle school kids. Um, For instance, I do know I don't have middle school kids, but I do know when you go to sixth grade, that's when you start a language there are kids this year in sixth grade who aren't getting a language because they can't accommodate a foreign language because they've got teachers doing remote. They've had to pull teachers to do remote. They've had to pull teachers to do the hybrid model. So there's a whole group of kids who now aren't getting a language. Well, um, I think I think I think I agree with you uh, on the fluff issue because when I was in high school, I had and I I was started in Rhode Island and I changed parents to to live with my father, um, and I finished off my my I really started the first quarter of junior year with my mother and then I switched over, so I finished junior year and senior year in Massachusetts. So if I remember correctly, um, I'm not sure if Massachusetts still has it this way, but um, they have a rule where it doesn't matter how what you got done. Like I had finished all requirements by senior year, but you still mm-hmm. had to take an English and a phys ed regardless yep. because yep. I was looking to graduate early because I was going to go into the Marine Corps. But yep. I still had to do those extra months because I know because early grad isn't really yeah. early grad um, like it should be. But I still had to do school because I had to show up for a whole day to get an English class, uh, English class once Two a grads, day basically. and a phys yeah. ed once, twice a week. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, you no, know, the arts have been phased out of schools for how long now? Well, in in our school district, they really do believe in the arts. Um, so, I mean, we have, and again, it's a little different this year because of COVID, but um, my kids have art class and music, and we even have the opportunity to, um, like my daughter has tried the cello and, you know, different instruments and stuff. So the 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 arts, the specials in our school district are, are actually pretty um, pretty good. Um, you know, I, I live in a pretty good town and our, our school system is, is pretty good. Um, I think we're, we're rated up there. And, um, you know, often when I say my kids go to X school, it's like, Oh, that's, that's good. So I'm fortunate there that we do again, live in a good town with, um, a pretty good school system. Um, but every school system has its flaws. So um, let me let me ask you this though, because now now we're going to come full circle back to where you started, which was with, with your intro, with your intro about you. So, you know, you have your kids, you do all these activities, um, and you're trying to keep them social because they're learning from home. You're being mom, you're being teacher, but there's also the flip concern because your husband still goes out to work, your kids are still social, and you have and I have elderly in laws with lung issues. Yes. So what's the what's the challenges that you face with trying to balance a household and a family (laughs) makeup where you have to limit interaction because of the fact you have elderly people with lung issues in the house? It's hard. It's hard. I mean, we don't go out. We go to work. Um, I mean, 
I'm only going to the office once a week. Um, and Amazon has been, <laughs> a, a <laughs> I just ordered from them last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they're doing well. <laughs> Amazon is doing well. Um, you know, so I, if I need shampoo, I, I don't run out to the store. I put it in my cart and it, it's delivered to me magically. Um, you know, but my kids do have extracurricular activities. So, it's kind of you, you have to choose. Um, you know, I personally don't go out as much, but my kids, I want them to be able to go to their karate class, their hip hop dance class, their flag football. So they get to do that stuff, but we don't go out to dinner. We, we just don't socialize, um, as much. Um, and obviously the mask wearing is a, is a big deal. I mean, pretty much you have to, if you leave your house. Yeah, but you're not doing that inside the house with the in-laws. No, not as of yet. Um, my daughter recently had a cold and unfortunately she wasn't allowed to go to school for six days. Um, and it was a simple cold and we all knew it was a simple cold. Um, but she had to be, she had to be out until she either was completely symptom free or we had a COVID test. So she had to take a COVID test. Um, and finally we were able to get her back to school. But subsequently my son couldn't go then one day because um, they, they said that basically if anybody in the family shows symptoms, then everybody has to shut down. So my son couldn't go. Um, so school's in a really hard position to have to make these calls. I get it, um, but it's frustrating. And then there again, it's even more frustrating for my daughter because of her um, learning differences. And she lost a week of six days of school. And um, I mean, quite frankly, to be honest, yesterday she was very upset because she's overwhelmed with how much she missed in a week. So um, there's no pretty answers in this, this well, lifestyle. Let, me, let me ask you a question, though, as a, as a mom now who has to be a teacher. So... When you're looking at the education part of it, and we know we talked about they're actually doing less hours, but yep. what's the quality of the education that you think they're getting? Good question. I mean, as a parent, you're being a teacher now. Do you think you're you're holding up to the standard that should be there, or do you think it should be left to the teachers who are actually supposed to be doing this? Well, I mean, I've always thought, even in a non-COVID world, that the parents are certainly responsible for their kids. Um, and, you know, you, you have to be involved. Um, you have to know what's going on in your classroom. Um, you know, because if you're not, then you really don't have a right to, to talk about it. Um, I probably am a little bit more involved than maybe some parents because of my one child's um, situation, her profile. So I'm pretty in touch with my kids' teachers, especially hers, um, quite often via email. I mean, technology in that regard is nice because, you know, back in the day when my parents were raising kids, they didn't have email. So it, it was a little bit more difficult to be in touch with your teachers frequently. Um, I'm in touch with especially my daughter's teachers almost daily. Um, you know, telling them this happened, that happened, um, that kind of thing. But in some ways, again, if you look for the silver linings, this has been a little bit of a silver lining because I'm more involved and like I'm list over listening their Google meetings and, you know, they're playing uh, Would You Rather instead <laughs> of instead of like having their actual science lesson they have like 10 minutes left and they're like well let's fill that 10 minutes with would you rather and i know in our school district they would say that's this part of their social emotional learning and uh, they're really big into that this year because of the whole covid thing so well i think i think i think school i don't know i think school anyway growing up as a kid and for for good or bad depending on what your experience was I mean, school was where you got your education, but also where you learned to socialize with your peers. Oh, sure. And you yeah. learned who you were. I mean, right. Right. I mean, you learned. And for some kids, that's more important. Um, for a profile like my daughter, um, that's actually pretty huge um, for her to learn social interactions and interpret 
body cues and, and things like that. So, um, so yes, for someone like my daughter, being in school is important. Um, and I've even asked the question to the school administration, um, if there is a shutdown, will my daughter be one of those kids who's considered um, high risk and will she still have access to school, like in school? Um, because that's one thing that has been discussed is that if there is another shutdown, that the high risk students will be allowed to still go to school. So it'll be a much smaller group. Um, and I'm hoping that is the case because someone like her, she needs that in-person communication and then and learning. So um, I, I I do hope it happens. So, but it still goes back to the original question. Do you think you're, as a mom, I mean, yeah, I know you would say you would hope to, but do you think because you're now being teacher and you're helping fulfill the educational needs, I mean, is it the same standard? Are you able to reach the same standard because of everything you have on your plate? No, I'm not an educator. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't go to school to <clears throat> be a teacher. Um, I, I don't know what curriculum a fifth grader is supposed to be learning. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't, you know, and then there's that whole, which has been, you know, um, a topic of conversation for quite some time now is the new math. I didn't learn math the same way my kids are learning math. Um, so if they have a question about math, I don't know how to tell them. I can tell them the way I learn it. But then if they go to school and they're like, this is how I was taught, they're like, no, 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 no. It doesn't really matter what the end product is. They want to see how you got there. They want the and process. If I'm teaching them, right. If I'm teaching them a different process, then it's not right. I, I don't know how, um, but it's not. So, um, but so I, basically, I, basically, if this continues, every parent would be able to be on the show. Are you smarter than an eighth grader? And, you know, <laughs> they, they'd all win because you guys are actually now going to be re-educated now yeah. throughout the whole process. Yeah, I yeah, I've recently um, I've recently discovered that I'm going through school all over again um, because with my daughter and, and her diagnoses. I pretty much have to be an active member of her classroom and her homework time. And um, so, yeah, I'm going through fifth grade math all over again, decimals. and. <laughs> so now this leads into an interesting, interesting question that I just thought of. So if you're spending so much time of your personal life because you can't work, so your hours were limited because you know already because of the, the virus and the pandemic, and now you're playing teacher your kids aren't going to school as much, but they're still taking their tax dollars. Maybe they shouldn't take as much, or maybe they should be paying the parents who are teaching from home a little bit. Well, yeah, that you was know? a conversation my husband and I had in the spring when um, the shutdown happened. And I mean, last spring was a disaster. School was a disaster, what they were calling school last spring. And our superintendent will admit that. Um, he has fully admitted that, you know, they were reacting to a pandemic and um, it was not adequate last year. Um, so we're fortunate that our superintendent has acknowledged that and he has promised that um, online learning will not be the same as last year. Um, and so far, it, it has been different. Um, so I'm pleased with that. But we're not fully remote yet. So, um, you know, that could change once we go fully remote. Um, you know, I don't have a middle schooler, but I have heard that um, middle school, they're on a hybrid and they basically go two days a week to school. Um, and at the beginning of the year, I did hear horror stories about like, Basically, they took attendance and that was your class. How is that an education? <laughs> you know, I, I tend to I, I tend to look at this and I'm not going to say misogynists are right. But, you know, at some point it looks like, you know, unfortunately, because moms are usually the caregivers in the house, it looks like we're going backwards, not forwards here. Right. Yeah. So you're not able to work. So now you are staying home, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids and making sure their schoolwork is getting done. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I and mean, you've got all these you've got all these households that have mortgages based on two incomes, and a lot of, like you said, a lot of family dynamics has changed, and somebody is now having to stay home because their kids are are home. They're not going to school. Like I said, our town is doing a hybrid, but a lot of towns around us are not. A lot of towns around us are fully remote, and somebody's got to be home to make sure kids are getting online and logging in. And if there's technology problem, hopefully there's an adult there that knows somewhat of technology. I mean, that's another whole issue too. Like if you're not a super technology savvy person, you know, there's going to be days your kids can't even get online because something's not working right. Um, well, it's, it, no, it's funny because here, because of the, the rate is so low that the kids are actually in school full time. Yep. Not here. So that's one of those things that leads back to the one of the first questions I ask you is, is this a state, local, or federal issue? Because the kids right now, I mean, until a spike really happens here, they're not going to send them home. Yeah. Well, they have said here that, um, you know, we were going to start with a hybrid model. And they'd hoped that, um, you know, we could do more, but I... I just don't see how we're going to do more as we go into the winter and we're now red. Um, so, you know, maybe in the spring we'll be fully in school, full-time in school. I don't know. Okay. So outside of the perfect world scenario, right, <laughs> as going living through what I would say a, a harsher situation than someone like I am, right? I mean, what would you – what's the progress you'd like to see see done no what's what's what would you like to see this transition into i mean obviously it's never going to go back the way it was right i don't think we can ever get back to to the way it was um i don't care if they come out with a cure because what what ends up happening is as always a new situation arises and we institute new rules and new policies. you have to adapt yeah right so right and we're gonna have the same thing because until everyone builds up antibodies to this, like we did with the common cold, the flu, and everything else under the sun, we just don't know when it's going to, you know, resurge. You know. Sure. Um, so I guess as a mom, as the teacher, as a you know, someone who has a profession, I mean, how do you how do you hope to see it transition? That's a good question. I don't know because I'm living in the moment today. Um, I mean, that's, I know we all say that, you know, you got to live in the moment, but I think there's a lot of us <laughs> and maybe it's more so moms that are, are living day by day right now. Um, I personally do feel more anxious than I ever have um, because I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Um, you know, every day you kind of wake up and you're like, what catastrophe is going to be on today's plate? Um, you know, what, what am I, what's going to be the thing that makes me pivot suddenly today? Um, because that's, you know, you can't make long-term plans in a COVID world. Um, So that, that would lead me to the question. So basically, is there a, a answer? Is there a one answer for everything? No. One shoe does not fit all. One size does not fit most. Um, because everyone's been saying that, you know. Uh, and I no. think that's the problem with a lot of our country is that we often. So, you know, to take it really personal, you know, we, we try to fit a square peg in a hole. Look at my daughter. You know, they are they have for years wanted her to fit in that round hole. She doesn't think that way. Her brain doesn't work that way. You're never going to fit her into a circle because she's a square, you know? And I, I think, I think we do that a lot, not just with education, but, you know, we, we try to slap, you know, a formula on everything across the board and it doesn't work that way. No, and education. And I agree with you. Our education doesn't work that way. Um, 
Well, so I don't know. Maybe that's what I hope out of all of this is that our, our country can learn that we have to be flexible. We have to recognize that what works for you doesn't work for me. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about just a couple seconds ago with that new math. And, you know, I was taught one way and I got the same result. My process was different, but I got the same result. So what's wrong with my process versus somebody else's process? We still got the end result. We just got there differently. Okay. What's wrong with that? But I, I think our country feels like this is it this path that's it you know and we try to do that for a lot of things and and, and but we isn't can't. but isn't that isn't i think i think that society's become more sensitive as it's become more political yeah i think it's become more sensitive as it's become more political because there's conversations that we could have had years ago that we can't have today and it, for some reason it became we can't share ideas like in, in some ways but, you know, it's funny, though, because you say that, but there's also more talk about mental illness there. I mean, mental illness was not something that was talked about that much back 10 years ago. And now people are talking and recognizing that mental illness is a real problem in this country, this world. Um, so it's funny because you can make the argument that you're making that, you know, the more we talk, the less we talk. But then, yet well, we're talking I'm, more about things that we didn't talk about. Well, I'm, 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 I understand that, but I think I think the problem here was was for the longest time that psychiatry and psychology was considered more of a pseudoscience, right? It wasn't because because psychiatry and psychology is based on long term results, and for the longest time. You were either, when they had them, you were either put into a mental institution because no one knew how to deal with you, right? right? And you were given drugs and no one knew what to give you. Right. And it, it became a trial and error situation. And then, of course, all the bad things started happening in mental institutions and then they closed it all down. And right. for the past, what, 20 years, it's been, let's, let's stick them in prisons, Right. Let's turn yeah. them into criminals because let's face it, people who go to prison typically come out worse than what they were when they went, went in. in. Right. Right. So now you got someone who's not right in the head anyway, one shape, way, form, or another, and then you're teaching them how to be a bad guy on top of it. And then all of a sudden everyone thinks society was gonna get better. I think I think psychiatry and psychology has come a long way, but it took that that whole mm -hmm. thing of trial and error like most sciences, but let's face it, we're talking about the human personality perception and brain and everyone functions differently because right. there's genetic versus environment everyone right. has different genes and everyone grows up differently right but in school that doesn't work because i mean i, I think that's <laughs> we could go on a, another whole conversation yeah. Yeah. but um you know our school system in general is designed for this middle student it's not designed for this brain. It's not designed for the other brain. It's it's here. And if you're not here, you could fall off on the cliff if you're if you're not. So um, that, but that's another whole topic. Well, no, I mean, it, no, it's not so much. I mean, we were touching on education and I agree with you that, you know, you have your AP classes for your advanced students, but you really didn't have anything really structured. It was really trying to get people with learning disabilities like your daughter with dyslexia or whatever have you was really trying to get them to keep up with what the curriculum was right you know and maybe maybe this whole pandemic will turn around and maybe we'll learn something from it and maybe i hope so well i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe if people are paying attention to how this is working at home and working from remotely from computer and let's face it our the children today the children today are on computers um, laptops, cell phones, iPads, whatever, video games constantly. So maybe there is a way because kids today are more visual. Maybe there is a way to, I don't want to say a la carte education, but. Oh, I, yeah. Ta tailor I, it? A la carte, a la carte, I think needs to happen. I mean, you look at, um, you know, private schools or kids with um, learning differences. Um, and 
it's a completely different way than most people go to school. Um, you know, I've learned recently the, the dyslexia ADHD world is, is new to me. Um, so I have a lot of educating to do myself. Um, but I have learned that specifically my daughter, she's a very visual learner. And so technology is actually a really good thing for her because if she can see it, hear it, she's more apt to take it in rather than you just throwing something at her. Um, so but that's a her dyslexia though, right? Because she can't really read about it correctly. It takes her longer. Right, right. So if if you make her at least try to read it and then maybe watch, listen to the audio book, it's more apt to get in there. Um, but yeah, so I think a la carte education is not a bad thing. Um, but then, but then the only we all thing, think differently. No, but then the it thing is that process to, to how, you know, the answer is the same, but how you got there is different and that's okay. But the thing is, is that once we, once you go down that road, what's the standard? Like what I mean by that is what's the information needed? Cause let's, let's be honest. Cause in today, even when I went to school, you had the original curriculum and AP classes, like you were still in 10th grade, like AP classes, right? I mean, it, it was still 10th grade. Sure. Right. I mean, if you're in AP classes and you're further along, shouldn't you actually be further along? I mean, that was one of the things I think about, like, like with Massachusetts and me, me why did I need another another English? I already had all my Englishes. I didn't need to go right. to phys ed. I was already working out going to the Marine Corps. Right. I was, right. Right. I didn't I didn't need all the extra waste a day um, right. for nothing. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. I, That's... I literally I literally failed everything but English and and gym because I could. I had gotten <laughs> A's throughout A's and B's throughout high school and then all of a sudden twelfth grade hit and I'm like, you know what? I don't even Doesn't have to matter. worry about yeah. it. I would skip school, I would leave early, I would do whatever I wanted to because it didn't matter. So right. one of the things with Alucard, I agree, is maybe there needs to be a standard that once you hit this threshold, you're done. You move on to the next level because why hold someone back? Now, for instance, like you're I agree. Instead of just saying you're all in fifth grade, you need to you need to complete, like you said, X, Y, Z, and then you can move on to the next grade. And, you know, you might be in that grade longer than you were with the, you know, the other grade. Um, yeah, I I'm all for more a la carte customized education it's just um well, it's just no like it's I, never made any sense to me think about it ap students are getting community college or college credits right so you're still stuck in high school but you're doing college work so oh, that when you get right. to college you don't have to do those classes so and you're bored already by the time you get to college because you've already done it you already done it so yeah. my, my thing here is, is why Right. Yeah. Why do we why do we put the kids through that other than socialization? Why put the kids through that? I completely agree. Now, your daughter, I, I agree even more now because of, you know, the situation I'm in. I mean, um, it's just like I had a meeting with school the other day and, you know, I, I said to them, I'm like, we're in school three hours a day right now. She really needs to maximize that in person because it's been proven during her evaluation that she needs she does better with in person. So when she's in school for three hours, I don't want to, I really don't see the need for gym class. Like she takes karate. She does hip hop. We're an active family. We can be responsible for her gym class. I'd rather, I'd rather see her get more one-on-one -on -one of her services that she needs in school while she's there rather than gym class or art class. Or you know, a lot of states like Florida, which I, I left too, because I was I was down in Florida. Uh, a lot of states, you know, if you're learning from home, and you want to do, uh, say, uh, band or football or a basketball team, you still have to go and join the local school stuff for the for the teams, right? Mm -hmm. But you did everything else, everything else at home. So I mean, it's possible. It's yeah. pos it's truly possible. Uh, to to make that happen. So I guess I want to finish off with you no know, again. What I know you say you're living in the moment, but what is your hope, your aspiration? What is what is what do we need to get out of this? 
Out of the pandemic? I think out of the pandemic as a family unit, uh, um, educationally as an, and as a family unit, because, I mean, it, this is well disrupted. I mean, we need to adapt. Like you said, we need to adapt. Um, and every time we've gone through like a major war in this country or whatever, it, you have to adapt. So I do believe that this is changing our world. I, I do believe that, um, you know, things will look a lot different when we get out of this. Um, you know, for example, think of all the people who are working at home right now. Um, I, I believe that you are going to have more people working from home after this is all said and done. And corporations are going to realize, like, I don't have to pay high rent for, you know, to lease some building when my employees are all at their home. They may decide to opt for a smaller building, more, more of like a, a meeting building. So, you know, groups can schedule time to, to meet at a, at a meeting. Um, I do hope that um, because school has been flipped upside down and they're doing things really differently, I really do hope school will be done differently. Um, I know what I'd like it to look like. Do I think it will look like that? I don't know more. I, I would like to see more of an a la carte type of education because every kid is different and uh, they learn differently. They're different personalities. And like I said, it doesn't matter the process. If they get to the end, fantastic. Um, I so, think a lot of times that though, I think the process is because again, there's that standard of uniformity that everyone kind of thinks the same way. But, but if they get to that end answer and it's the same, somewhere in there, there are the standards then. Oh, no. Listen, I I definitely agree. And this goes back to where I think, you know, we used to be able to have conversations, bounce ideas around. And I've always said there's a lot of times with when it comes to politics, even if you're on different sides of the aisle, even in the extremes, it's, it's not that you don't agree something should happen. It's just you really dramatically disagree on how to get there. Right. And I think that's because we've been instituted with this is the way you get something done. And um, I don't think that's. Yeah. I mean, if you had a more open dialogue and everyone yep. did have a different way of getting there, everyone did get to the same result. We'd all thrive so much more. Well, not even that. I could look at you and say, Tanya, how the hell did you do that? I'm having right. a hard time. How the hell did you do that? And it's a right. shared learning. It's right. A sh right. I mean, seriously. Yep. At the end of the I day, think. It, we, I think, you know, and that's the one thing I always said in the show, too, is I don't think there's. There is a conservative or a true liberal. No one is liberal on all issues. No one is conservative on all issues. And I keep telling everyone, the moderates, the middle people, the people who understand that there is no such thing as left or right, they let their power go and the country went to shit because we used to be able to compromise, talk to each other and say, okay, this is really important and compromise on how to get there. That yeah, was that was I the agree. big goal. No. The far, far left was never going to be happy. The far, far right was never going to be happy. Right. But we, we did go in both directions to a degree. Right. We're and, a very divided country, and, and that right there is probably our worst enemy. But that's And the I root said. of a lot of problems. Right. And that's why I said if we had the same end goal, but we were allowed to express our ideas yep. differently on how to get there, and people would actually listen and respect, yeah. Like yeah. we're doing, like I don't have children, but if I had children, I'm learning something today that, okay, I know what I went through, I'm hearing what you're going through, and now I'm wondering what I'm going to experience. Right. Right? I mean, seriously. And then there's uh, people who listen to this and say, okay, well, I have children, but I don't have anyone with a learning disability, and I definitely don't have in-laws living in my home. I right. mean, this is a whole nother level of... Complexity. Come <laughs> Woof, on time though, on top yeah. of that, the normal woof. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's so a I lot. Get, it's a lot. It's a lot. And yeah, I mean, I really, I think as a mom, I really worry about my kids' future and how, um, because what they're calling school, I, I don't, I don't know if we can really call it school. I, I don't know, and none of us will know until it plays out, unfortunately, and. Maybe then it's too late. I, I don't know. But you think it, it might be a major, lost generation? I think it could be. I mean, you know, I definitely, 
think that my kids might be home with us longer than even, you know, my generation was. My generation tended to be a little bit longer too, but um, they could be home even longer just because they, they, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe my kids will have to do an extra year or two of school because it didn't, you know, didn't all work out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's history has yet to be determined, I, I think. And, and, you know, we really are writing it right now. And, uh, kind of scary for, for me, um, as a mom, because I worry about how they're going to succeed in, in the world. Um, but yet we don't know what the world will look like then either. So who knows? Maybe they'll, because we do have to adapt. And so um, they'll they'll have to adapt. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a look. We know that it's going to change again here probably in the next month or two, right? We both know. Yeah. It, right. Flu season is going to be in full swing across the country. Um, I'll be so stressed because we'll be home remote learning. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll have to send you another bottle of wine. But um, we'll turn around and we'll have another conversation because it's going to change. Might we know need it's moonshine then. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll, I'll try to get you some Texas, uh, right? You can get that. <laughs> um, well, I have family in Kentucky, so yeah, I think I that you know I think I can get that. I mean, so we can definitely turn around and do something for you, but. Let's take a look at, we know where, where you're at today. We both know it's going to change. So let's talk in a month or two to see how it has changed and how more complex it's gotten. Um, because this is an issue that's not going to go away. I think this no. year, possibly not even next year, because you know, so many people right now, said they're not even going to take a cure, even if there is a cure. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot to be still be determined. But I, I appreciate yep. it. We'll talk about Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Right? Good I'll get to everything. Talk to you. Yeah, I'll get everything fixed up and I will send you the link for this. All right. You have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye.